It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of the time. It's a Monday. So I'm hoping I had a great weekend because I had really a good weekend. I'll tell you about it a little bit later. Went on some trips, some adventures, fall leaves, tourists, stuff like that. Get into that a little bit later on this morning. All right, I would give you the phone number, but here's my situation this morning. So Miss Mary had to go off on personal business. That means I am unsupervised. Okay, now, normally... The phone system gets switched over, so it would be a direct line into me, so there's no filter. But they weren't able to do that. It's a whole thing. I just a whole story, but they, okay, they don't. They didn't do that. weren't able to. So the calls I can't do. But for those people who are on the Wake Up Wyoming app, you can just go ahead and and send me messages. If you don't know how to do this, the Wake Up Wyoming app is free to download at App Store. You just hit chat. And send me a text message, and I'll answer that while I'm on the air here. Okay, it's a Monday trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. Now, there's several stories here, some of which to start your Monday would make probably aggravating. Some of these headlines. Uh, Dem City Council, Democrat City Council, says Blue Angels should be banned from flying over San Francisco. Yeah, didn't give a reason why, but they want to not have the Blue Angels. Probably triggering to them. United Kingdom environmental groups dump species on memorial to veterans who inspired the country. Because doing that will convince people to join their cause, you know. That's a surprise. Vegas stabbing spree. Now, there's quite a few people around the country who did not hear about a stabbing spree that happened in Vegas. A couple of reasons why. One is it was, it was not gun-related. It was stabbing. Next, the suspect is an illegal alien in this country. So, And Democrat former mayor faces sentencing for ballot harvesting. Hmm. I got more like this. Did it kind of a depressing way to start your day. Okay, I got a better one for you. Just to start your Monday off. We're going to go to Congress where a Republican from Florida is in a committee meeting and they're talking about electric cars. And this Democrat from Florida had some questions about where electric cars get their fuel from. The Democrats are against coal where would we actually get the electricity to power all of these electric cars? Where would it come from? Well, Congressman, for most countries and for certainly the United States, the energy, there would, there would be likely a fuel switch back from natural gas to coal. Uh, and So real quick, Mr. Summers, and I don't mean to cut you off because you make a great point, but I got 30 seconds. It is important for the American people to understand 
that if you follow the idiocy that's in the bipartisan infrastructure agreement, which is going to make natural gas harder to procure, we're actually not going to have lower emissions. We're going to have higher because you're going to have to switch back to coal fire plants. And just for the record, let's also say the world will always demand energy. If you're not getting it from us, where we actually do it more safely and more cleanly, you'll get it from Russia, you will get it from China, and they don't care what the climate activists have to say on Twitter. I yield to the Democrats who are against That's Mr. McDonald. He's a Democrat. I'm sorry, he's a Republican from Florida. So he lays it out, and what we've been talking about for quite a while. This idea, if you're going to go all natural gas plants or all wind and all solar, you're not going to get the energy for everybody to buy an electric car. It isn't going to happen. You're going to have to go back to coal. According to this gentleman here, who is all for electric vehicles, but has to flat out admit that, well, what you're really driving... Gas-powered, diesel-powered. But have you ever considered driving a coal-powered car? Yes, overpriced. Heavily subsidized. Electric cars are available now. I'm sure they'll take all night to charge, and they don't get anywhere near the mileage a gas-powered vehicle gets. And those toxic batteries made from rare earth minerals... Well, but by driving an all-electric car, you're supporting one of America's most important industries, coal. That's because coal is used to generate 49% of America's electricity. Petroleum and nuclear produce most of the rest. Hydroelectric only produces 7%. Those so-called renewable energies, which take more mining for rare earth minerals, leaves toxic chemicals as a byproduct and toxic batteries. And let's not forget those wind turbines killing about an estimated 500,000 birds a year in North America alone. Well, they only produce about 2% of America's energy. That's why we encourage you to start driving coal today. The coal is plentiful and cheap. And by driving a coal-powered car, you'll be helping to fight the Obama administration's war on coal. So go on, buy an electric car, support a great American industry, and drive coal. So, okay, if I'm going to start your Monday off on the right foot, we got to play this. America is facing an ongoing energy crisis. As oil gets scarcer, gasoline gets more expensive, and the planet suffers. Electric cars? Most of their electricity comes from coal-fired plants or nuclear reactors. So what's the answer? How about a car that's good-looking, affordable, and runs on clean, environmentally responsible natural gas? Your natural gas. Introducing the Flatula Backfire. It runs like the wind because it's running on wind. Here's how it works. Using state-of-the-art sanitary technology, Flatula captures all your emissions and efficiently channels them directly to a powerful turbocharged engine. It's clean energy, green energy, and best of all, it's renewable. The backfire's range is practically unlimited, but if you should happen to run low, don't worry. You're never too far from a Flatula authorized service center where trained, qualified providers stand ready to fill your tank with the gas that's right for your driving needs. Flatula Backfire. It's not just a smart car. It's the fart car. There, now that we got that out of the way. So, yeah, it was flat out admitted by people in the electric vehicle industry during a congressional hearing. So what exactly are you going to power these electric vehicles? I mean, you're not going to have enough natural gas out there to do it. 
you're trying to shut down natural gas power plants anyway. You're not going to be able to do this with nuclear, which you don't want to have nuclear power plants anyway, apparently. You want wind and solar, and you're not going to discuss how toxic they are or the bird kill or anything like that. But uh, so what are you going to do? And they have to admit we're going to if we're going to if everybody's going to drive an electric car, he says, we're going to have to go back to coal. Okay, there's your so-called green energy for you. And I wanted you to hear that first thing in the morning. I'll play it for the folks a little bit later on this morning. I wanted people to hear that because even those folks in the industry, when you get them honest about it, they honestly have to say, well, in order to do this, you know. Now, that certainly is not what you, what I just played for you, for the gentleman from Florida, the congressman from Florida, questioning the guy about the EV cars. I don't recall hearing that on any major news outlets, that exchange. Although, if it were up to me, it would have been the lead story for the evening news. 615, Wake Up Wyoming. In the afternoon. Morning radio. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six twenty one. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Wood. Sorry, Jim. I got your note here. I'm going to read it next. For those who just joined us, I want to play that little piece again. Then I'm going to read what Jim just wrote. So this is Congress, Congressman McDonald's. Uh, no relation to Ronald, but still same last name. And he there's a committee hearing on electric vehicles. The Democrats are against coal. Where would we actually get the electricity to power all of these electric cars? Where would it come from? Well, Congressman, for most countries and for certainly the United States, the energy, there would there would be likely a fuel switch back from natural gas to coal. Uh, and so real quick, Mr. Summers, and I don't mean to cut you off because you make a great point, but I got 30 seconds. It is important for the American people to understand that if you follow the idiocy that's in the bipartisan infrastructure agreement, which is gonna make natural gas harder to procure, we're actually not going to have lower emissions. We're going to have higher because you're going to have to switch back to coal-fired plants. And just for the record, let's also say the world will always demand energy. If you're not getting it from us, where we actually do it more safely and more cleanly, you'll get it from Russia, you will get it from China, and they don't care what the climate activists have to say on Twitter. I yield to the Democrats who are against So good note, Jim. Jim Casper sends me this. It is estimated that to power half America's uh, – let me try that again. It is estimated that to power half of America's present electrical demand, it would take enough wind turbines and solar panels to cover the landmass of California plus half Nevada. This power would be intermittent with approximately half of it not being available at any given time. You know, of course, nighttime, cloudy days, things like that. Natural resources used to would be depleted, really. Almost everyone knows that the source that causes unprecedented damage to the environment from the disposal of highly, highly toxic byproducts. That's why I keep saying this stuff is not green, this wind and solar. What about the bird and bat population? That would be decimated? I would think it would be. What about wildlife displacement? You know, all of the things they scream about with oil and gas. Yeah, absolutely true. And then there's this note here, this Cowboy State Daily. When Carbon Capture announced its direct air capture facility in Sweetwater County, 
Project Bison. The company said Wyoming was chosen in large part because the state permits these wells through a process called primacy. These wells are where captured CO2 is stored, which is, again, one of the dumbest things we do in Wyoming, but okay. Wyoming is one of two states in the nation, North Dakota is the other, that permit wells where CO2 is sequestered. And I'll add in, for no good reason whatsoever. When the permitting goes through the EPA, it takes several years and reports that other states like Texas and Louisiana are now seeking oversight for these wells in hopes of expanding the permitting process in those states. If Texas and Louisiana win approval, Wyoming could lose its competitive edge in a rapidly growing industry. Again, here again, a rapidly growing industry of carbon capture, which is for no good reason whatsoever. We've been through this before. But by the way, let's take a look at part of what this story is saying. For carbon capture to do this, you have to have an enormous amount of bureaucracy to go through in the permitting process. Now, I was under the impression, remember they said a little while ago, we had 12 years to save the planet, which is not what the UNIPCC said, but that's what the cult of climate change took it to mean. And how many years? I think there's like six. Are we halfway through? I'll have to look that up. How long do we have now? Because it's been a few years since they said we have 12 years left to go. If that's the case, then why the bureaucracy in carbon capture? To get these facilities up and running takes an enormous amount of bureaucracy. What's the point of all of that if you're trying to save the planet right now? Scott Quillian, Senior Director of Research, University of Wyoming School of Energy Resources, has been involved in what they call Carbon Safe, one of the nation's original carbon capture utilization storage products. He says Wyoming exports a lot of coal to Texas, which contributes to the state of CO2 emissions. Again, CO2 is good for the planet, not bad, but all right, moving on. If Texas was to permit these wells in carbon capture industry, it means more CO2 produced in Wyoming coal isn't going into the atmosphere. Well, here again, we should put this CO2 into the atmosphere. I'm going to correct them every time they say it. Further down in the story, it says it's still years from happening. Chief Energy Advisor for Governor Gordon said that Texas or other states win primacy. It will still be years away. Now, again, I thought we had to save the planet now. But no, this is years from now. So here again, and I even have a story here, and I talked to you guys last week about it. When it comes to putting up wind and solar, there's long permitting processes with that as well. They're, they do allow these wind turbines to go up faster than they do oil wells, of course. But still, the bureaucracy is getting heavier and heavier every single year. And it's getting harder and harder to put these things up. Now, it's still harder to put up an oil well or a gas well, but they're getting there. They're catching up with the bureaucracy. For the people who want to save the planet right now, the clock is ticking. We don't have that long to go. And then we, should, we reach the tipping point and we're done. So we better do something about this, right? That's what they told us. And yet at the same time, they kill themselves by piling on the bureaucracy to the point that they can't even get what they want out of it. 
They can't even produce the wind turbines and the solar panels at the rate that they want to. They can't do the carbon capture at the rate that they want to because their own bureaucracy kills them. So it's interesting to watch the circular firing squad that we have in this cult of climate change as they continue to make demands that we do something about CO2, and then they set up their own roadblocks preventing us from doing anything about CO2. And as I pointed out many times before, as we talk about CO2, these are the people who ignore their own science. We are supposed to be the science deniers, yet they're the ones who want to capture and sequester CO2 because they think it's destroying the planet. All right. Just watch the the, the circular firing squad as they destroy themselves and the very goals that they set for themselves. Kind of like universal health care, to change topics real quick here. Something they wanted so everybody could have health care, and yet it became so bureaucratic it becomes impossible to run a universal health care system. They shut themselves down with their own bureaucracy. Coming up on local news. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Let's wake up, Wyoming. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Six thirty-six. The time. It's a Monday. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me from Wyoming Public Media. Story says report projects a wind energy windfall for Wyoming, though permit challenges loom. Now remember, take away the subsidies, and what do they have here, right? This is why I have well, several objections to this wind power thing, but a lot of it is just they're subsidized, much like they're doing by putting electric charging stations around the state. If it wasn't for federal money coming in, you wouldn't see them going up. If it was profitable, immediately businesses would want electric charging stations everywhere. But since nobody's really seen a profit in it until the government shows up with subsidies. New paper out, University of Wyoming Projects, the Economic Potential of Wind Power in the State, highlighting huge opportunities, subsidies. And so we're talking about jobs, wages, again, subsidies. He also calculated aggressive uh, scenario with permitting and uh, building ramps and quickly uh, that would ramp up the projects to the construction jobs in the area. While the Cowboy State has wind capacity, it has many projects in the queue, currently ranks 14th nationally for installed projects. Wyoming has only 7% less wind potential than Kansas, which has installed 160 less capacity. It gets into who's installing what, New Mexico, states like that. Currently, several massive projects are being proposed in Wyoming. So while renewables, and I hate calling them renewables because they're not in the Mountain West states, diversify energy economies, one thing holding the region back from the rest of the country is the permitting process on public lands. 
Now, here again, don't look at the state of Wyoming for that. That's your federal government because we're talking about public lands. Quote, on private lands, you can sort sort of have a permitting process that goes smoothly. And let's go back for just a minute. Remember a while ago, there was a big oil boom in North Dakota. And that was because it happened on private land. And so it was easy to get in there and just start drilling. It was happening within a month. They had rigs up running and, and just sucking oil out of the ground. It was pretty easy to do. But that was on private land. On public land, good luck with that. And that's what they're saying here for wanting to put up wind projects around the state of Wyoming. There's a lot more folks who would love to put up that are in that industry. But again, you have to go through the permitting process since it's federal government land. So on private land, you can sort of have a permitting process that goes smoothly, he said, and start construction within two years versus on federal land. It's taking double that, four years, sometimes even more. There's your federal government for you. He said federal partners need to work in the region to promote and streamline wind development. Well, here's a thought for you. You can do the same thing for other forms of energy here in the state of Wyoming, as well as the rest of the country. There's energy all over the place just ready to go. Instead, we have a president who's asking for energy from other countries, including countries that are hostile to us. He's begging them for energy. Yet, we can be completely energy independent and an exporter to the rest of the world, as you know. If it were not for the federal government, not just the Biden administration, but the permitting process as well. This, I was even thinking about it, and I don't remember what year this was, but a few years back, the gentleman who created Home Depot said it would be pretty much impossible to do that, to start that company in today's world with today's regulations. That's how difficult your government makes it for people to do business in America. That's why one of the things the Trump administration showed was if you would really like to get the economy going, get government out of the way. Pull those regulations back. Let people get to work. Even the idea, as much as I'm not uh, – again, the reason I'm not in favor of wind is because of the huge subsidies, and they keep telling us it's green and renewable. That's what I have a problem with. But if somebody wants to put up a wind farm, go ahead and do it. And if we could scale back the regulations, someone who wants to put up some wind turbines on their property, they could get it done. What do you mean two years even? Because they're saying right now it would take four years or more, up to six years even, to get a wind project under just to get it started, just to go through the permitting process to get it started. If you do it on private land, it takes about two years to get the wind project started. I bet you could even do it in a lot less time than that. As it was shown once again up in North Dakota when they found, oh, look at all that gas under the ground, all that oil under the ground. Let's go for it. And it was on private land. And there was a boom that happened pretty much overnight because your government was out of the way. Now, oftentimes when I say stuff like this, people say, well, you have to have some rules. Oh, no, some basic rules. Yeah. But this, 642, Wake Up Wyoming. A pleasant afternoon. Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. (laughs) 
6.48 is the time. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Uh, Frank, I'm glad you made it through the gauntlet there that is the hallway to your studio. Uh, yeah, I noticed gravestones yeah, right. and, you know, yes, mark, you know stuff, yeah. police tape and all Biohazard, that. that's what that's it's oh, oh, there, yeah. oh, it's biohazard. Yeah, okay. and, and bloody handprints and so on. So that was just, I'm making us just back in this area a little haunted house to enjoy. Okay, is it yeah. Halloween next month? Uh, no. It's October. It's this month. This month, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is October, yeah. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I need to communicate what time of the year it is to Frank in sports terms. He would understand that a whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So now, you did notice as you walked in, immediately to your right is this, uh, like, floating skeleton ghost creature there. Now, I missed that when I was oh. looking at the gravestones, and I only read one of them for yeah. our fabulous Miss Mary. I didn't yeah, Miss Mary in Death Twice is Scary. Uh, the the other one says it's the gravestone for the last DJ that stole the food from the fridge. Exactly. Well, yeah. that wasn't me. No, okay. Well, you will notice it'll be to your left as you're walking out. You'll see this little ghostly figure, skeleton face, all that kind of stuff. That's Esther. Esther. Yeah. Now, she might follow you down the hallway. I don't think she means any harm by that. Yeah, she can come with. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay, she's cool. Yeah, she's cool. She'll just come around. Ward off all those evil spirits. Yeah, make all sorts of scary noises and stuff like that. But that's about it. That's just sort yeah, of the Halloween funny, yeah. thing. Now, that's see, last year, I just put up Esther, and that's all. Then this year, I put up quite a bit more, obviously. There's mm -hmm. even the flying skeleton bat, if you notice that one. Yes, I did. Yeah, okay. Now, next year, though, it's going to be like even more than this. Mm. Over the years, I'm just going to keep adding to it until eventually we have a whole experience right back here in this hallway area between all of the radio studios. Why don't we just go for the whole building? Then we can charge admission. Well, that's their problem. I, that's that would really be expensive, and I don't want to put out all that kind of money. Well, yeah, and, and we, you know, but what I'm saying is that we've already got scary people here to begin with. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, in fact, a lot of the people here in costumes don't no, even no, need they, costumes. They, they, didn't even they, not, do, they don't even no. need costumes. No, they don't. No, they're just radio personalities, yeah. and and even scarier salespeople. Oh, I know. Yeah. So I mean, we can you know two bucks, three bucks. Yeah, maybe. See, and think about it, Frank. To get to the salespeople. You have to go, like, into the back part of the cellar of this building. I know, and I, I'm down there. I, I, and I can attest yeah, to I'm that. Yeah, uh, I'm not kidding, folks. If you want to go visit our salespeople, you go into the cellar and into the back of the cellar. That's where the salespeople are. That's frightening. It's kind of like a cage where they have an ogre yeah, back right. there. Did, wait a second. Did you hear that at all? I'm going to try that again here. Ready? There we go. It's going. All right. College All right. football from over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys picked up a win they really needed. They beat New Mexico on the road in Albuquerque 27-14. Cowboy defensive front was ferocious in the second half, putting pressure on anybody who had the ball and anywhere the ball went. Lobos had just 100 yards of offense in the second half, and it didn't look good for Wyoming initially. They fell behind 14-0, but Traden Waltz caught two TD passes. The second one in the third quarter tied the game at 14. John Hoyland kicked two field goals as the Pokes hung on for a 2014 lead in the fourth quarter. Then Cameron Stone sealed the deal with an interception return for a touchdown. Cowboys are 4-3 and three now overall, 2-1 and one in Mountain West play, and they have this week off. In the National Football League from last night, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback and Buffalo Bills star Josh Allen had quite a day as the Bills and Bears Pittsburgh 38-3. Allen threw for 348 yards in the first half and finished with 424 yards and four touchdown passes as the Buff as the Bills get to 4-1 on the year. In the late game last night, Baltimore beat Cincinnati 19-17, so the Bengals are 2-3. and 
Cincy linebacker and Casper native Logan Wilson had seven tackles in that game uh, for the Bengals. In high school football from over the weekend, the top-rated team in 4A Sheridan shut down Kelly Walsh 48-16, so KW is 1-6. Cheyenne East won the old-fashioned Capital Bowl with a 28-17 win over Cheyenne Central. East is 6-1, Central is 4-3. Third-rated in the Trona beat Campbell County on the road 41-6. NC is 6-1 and will host Sheridan this week. Laramie was drilled by Thunder Basin 68-7. So the Plainsmen are 1-6, and and Cheyenne South is still winless. They lost to Rock Springs 48-7. In other games, Douglas with just one loss now in 3A play. They beat Riverson on the road 56-7. 2A, uh, Burns drops to 3-3 after a tough 13-7 loss to Tongue River. Glenrock is 1-5 after a 24-0 loss to Torrington. And 1A, 6-man KC is 4-2 after a 78-20 loss to Burlington. Midwest is 3-3 after a 62-31 defeat to Hewlett. In the Major League Baseball playoffs, first in the National League, San Diego eliminated the New York Mets two games to one in that wild card round with a 6-0 win last night. St. Louis choked at home, losing two straight to Philadelphia, so the Cardinals are out. So San Diego will play Los Angeles in the second round, and Philadelphia will tangle with Atlanta. In the American League, Seattle eliminated Toronto in two straight games, and Toronto with a major choke. They led that second game of that series by seven runs and lost. Seattle hasn't been to the playoffs since 2001. They will meet Houston in round two. Cleveland eliminated Tampa Bay in two straight, thanks to a 1-0 win in game two that lasted 15 innings. The Guardians will play the New York Yankees in the divisional round. Okay, so you were, of course, on Sunday here typing up all of the sports stuff for Wild Preps, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, which games did you go to? I I went to, uh, I was at Riverton for the Riverton-Douglas football game on Friday. Then on Saturday, I went to the KC Volleyball Tournament. They had a bunch of 1A teams there that I played, that I worked here yesterday Mm -hmm. and played golf. Not very well, but I still right. played. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I watched uh, some of the baseball game the, and the, last night. Then I watched some of the football game and called it a day. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, I didn't get any golf balls in my yard over the weekend. However, though, I did see this beautiful buck. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That walked up onto the second hole. And as he walked away, the ladies were following him. Really? It's that time of year, Frank. I'm, I'm sure it is. Uh, Alrighty then. All right. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Interior salute. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name's Glenn Woods. It's a Monday. I'd give you the phone number, but that's not a thing today. I'll explain just a second from that. All right, so Miss Mary's out on some personal family business today, and normally when that happens, she transfers the phones into my studio. So you could just call, and it would be direct to me. In other words, I'm unsupervised today. Yeah? All right. But you can't join me on air. Because that's not working right now. So if you want to talk to me, use the Wake Up Wyoming app. It's free to download at your app store. And you can just send me a text. All you got to do is hit chat. There's the text. Boom, done. All right. So I can read all for those. And there's already people from all over the region that text me all morning long. I wasn't going to play this again this hour. But, you know, it's one of those things that's worth playing. Then I'll get into the topic that it relates to this. So this is a Congressman McDonald's. He is a congressman from Florida, and he's talking during a committee meeting to someone who's testifying about electric vehicles. The Democrats are against coal. Where would we actually get the electricity to power all of these electric cars? Where would it come from? 
Well, Congressman, for most countries and for certainly the United States, the energy, there would, there would be likely a fuel switch back from natural gas to coal. Uh, and so real quick, Mr. Summerson, I don't mean to cut you off because you make a great point, but I got 30 seconds. It is important for the American people to understand that if you follow the idiocy that's in the bipartisan infrastructure agreement, which is going to make natural gas harder to procure, we're actually not going to have lower emissions. We're going to have higher because you're going to have to switch back to coal fire plants. And just for the record, let's also say the world will always demand energy. If you're not getting it from us, where we actually do it more safely and more cleanly, you'll get it from Russia, you will get it from China, and they don't care what the climate activists have to say on Twitter. I yield the Democrats who are against. And that's, again, Mr. McDonald's. He is a gentleman from Florida, representative from Florida. Alex Epstein has written a couple of books, one of them called The Moral Case for Fossil Fuel. I think the key thing to realize is that it's very easy to have abundant, reliable electricity. We know how to do this. And the reason we're not doing it is bad policy. We know that with enough natural gas, coal, and nuclear power plants, we could have plenty of electricity for every situation. Heat waves are easy to deal with if you just use modern, reliable electricity. But California has insisted on what I call unreliables. They call them renewables, but unreliables is a better term. So using a lot of unreliable solar and wind, and then trying to shut down as many reliable power plants as possible. And the predictable result is when we have a heat wave or any other high demand on electricity, we have shortages and often blackouts. People look on Twitter, I have a new piece called Electricity Emergency. And one thing I talk about is there are three core ways in which unreliable electricity is rewarded. So one way is it's sometimes mandated, which we do to a significant extent having mandates of so-called renewables. It also gets huge subsidies, so getting paid more uh, than reliable electricity. And then the most perverse thing, which exists almost everywhere, is there's no payment penalty. There's no pricing penalty for selling unreliable electricity. So you're allowed to sell an unreliable product into the grid for the same price as a reliable product. Who would, you know, would anyone charge the same for a car that worked a third of the time than a car that works all the time? And yet we actually pay more for the car that works a third of the time. So is it any wonder we have a disastrous grid? That's Alex Epstein again, Moral Case for Fossil Fuels and one other book after that, I believe. So now, one other thing I want to play for, because during the same interview with him, he said something that's important, I think, to listen to, right? The hurricane, of course, Ian, that hit Florida. And, you know, hit my hometowns, Sandoval, Captive Islands. And Fort Myers Beach right nearby, which is another island. Fort Myers Beach was really devastated. And I, I pointed out last week, it's not the power of the storm. It's how the storm hits. Because there have certainly been weaker storms, even tropical storms, that just hit a populated area in just the right way that caused an immense amount of damage. It's not how it's not the power of the storm it's how it hits now hurricane ian was a category four that's not as big as they get they get bigger than that and again if it had hit the florida coast in the right way we wouldn't be having a conversation about this level of damage but the way it hit the coast is why all this damage happened now let's go back to mr epstein as he talks about climate deaths because as you're told we're having more hurricanes than ever before which is not true they're stronger than ever before 
which is not true. We're having more floods and fires. That's not true either. We're having more tornadoes and they're more intense than ever before. And that's not true. Mr. Epstein. One thing I'd highlight that really tends to make it clear to people is if you look at the actual death rate from climate-related disasters, which you're led to believe is something that's increasing massively, it's actually declining massively. So we've had a 98% decrease in the rate of climate-related disaster death in the last 100 years as fossil fuel use has gone up, as CO2 emissions have gone up. And the basic dynamic that's going on is, yes, we do impact climate, but A, all of that impact is not necessarily bad, but B, the thing that really matters is our ability to master climate. So what's gone, what's happened is our ability to master climate has far outpaced any negative changes we've made. And our ability to master climate is entirely dependent on fossil fuels because fossil fuels allow us to heat on demand, to cool on demand, to irrigate on demand, to transport crops on demand, to have, you know, weather warning satellites, all of these different kinds of things. So it's actually fossil fuels didn't take a safe climate and make it dangerous. They took a dangerous climate and made it safe. And the same climate mastery that's made us 50 times safer from climate disaster can be applied to any future climate changes. So it's it's very weird if we think, well, we've been using fossil fuels for 170 years. It's had certain climate impacts, but the next climate impact is going to be the apocalypse. Like I view that as primitive religious thinking, not real scientific thinking. Primitive religious. One of the reasons myself and other people call it the cult of climate change. Now, headline Cowboy State Daily, oil and gas lease sales come with more cost to Wyoming producers. This To take the profit incentive out of it, it's one thing when they try to make the process as long as possible. So if energy is discovered somewhere and a company wants to come extract it, they make the process as long as possible, which makes it more and more expensive. And if you wonder why energy costs so much, whatever energy you're using, gas, propane, whatever, it costs so much in part because of all of these regulations. We'll get a load of this. Bureau of Land Management has announced a new round of federal oil and gas leases. Yay! But they come at a price, leaving Wyoming producers wondering if they can still make a profit. Ah, there you go. So you can go ahead and buy those leases if you want, but we're going to make them so expensive you're not going to profit from it. Well, it's going to be very difficult. I mean, the federal government clearly has a bias against federal oil and gas. Chief Energy Advisor from Mark Gordon. The Inflation Reduction Act. Now, let me pause for a moment and get rid of some of the words here that really are uh, misnomers. I could say that. The Inflation Reduction Act had nothing to do with reducing inflation. In fact, it increases it. It was more like an environmentalist wish list. There is no such thing as a fossil fuel and renewables are not. They're not renewables. In fact, I like what Alex Epstein said. We might as well call them unreliables. So that act, not the Inflation Reduction Act, because that's not what it does, was passed in August, increases the minimum bid for federal leases by 500% per acre. Hold on a second. The name of the act is the Inflation Reduction Act, which increases the minimum bid for federal leases by 500%. Per acre, and that's going to reduce inflation, right? The act also increases minimum rent rates as well as royalties, but this is going to reduce inflation. Here again, this is 
an act that was put in place by the so-called environmental movement, better known as the cult of climate change. It has nothing to do with in reducing inflation. Obviously, what I just read to you would increase inflation greatly. Quote, while, I'll, I'll add a word here, pseudo-environmental groups are supposed to, or supportive of many of the oil and gas policies coming out of the Biden administration. Industry officials say the administration's hostility is making it more difficult to operate in Wyoming. So pseudo-environmental groups are keeping a close eye on the leasing process to make sure, well, impacts of wildlife, air, and water resources receive a careful review. No, that's not what they're after, really. Again, I'm going to stop it there and call it out what, it, what they really are. They're not environmental groups, but I'll go with pseudo-environmental groups. And they want to make sure that has low impacts on wildlife and air and water than stop wind and solar. Because, what do you, seriously, stop wind and solar. When you take a look at the negative impact on the environment of wind and solar, you would want to stop that too. All right. So, quote, we just want to see a full comprehensive review says the BLM. No, that's not what you want. You want to shut it down. That's a lie. We just want a comprehensive review. That's been done ad nauseum. You know, you don't want a full comprehensive review. You want to end the industry. Once again, lying to you. The group wants rules, as if we don't have enough, on minimum bonds to be finalized before the BLM issues the lease. And those rules adequately ensure the cost of reclamation be covered, which we already have that. It actually uh, creates a, an incentive, they say. No, it doesn't. This is an example, the story says, of current minimums that aren't high enough. And so they want more. And the program, such as the one created under the infrastructure bill, passed this year, provides about $5 billion to clean up orphan wells across the country. I'm all for cleaning up orphan wells. There was a time when we in America didn't know better. And when we would go extract coal, gas, and oil, as we did it, we just left a, a mess behind. We didn't know better, but now we do. So to go back and clean up the mess that was made before, that I can be in favor of. The rest of it, though, 718, Wake Up Wyoming. Not a doctor, but he's happy to take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven twenty-three is the time. It's wake up, my own. I was just taking a minute there to answer something I saw on social media. I come across this every so often, and whenever I do, I have to answer it. Then I'll get back to the topic here. So there's a meme that goes around every so often, and it shows some workers in uh, in a drawing, not an actual photograph because photography had not been invented yet, going back to the days of Rome, and it shows the many layers and quality of a Roman road. And a lot of those Roman roads are still around to this day. 
And it says here at the top of the mean, without a single degree, as in college degree, they built us roads that have lasted an eternity. Well, first, again, I'm rejecting eternity. No, thousands of years, yes, but not eternity. Then they show a road filled with potholes. But then the engineers arrived. Now, I always wrote, I, every time I see that meme, I put underneath. Back in Roman times, they didn't have trucks that weighed how many tons? With heavy loads weighing how many more? And then cars, which weigh several tons, beating the daylights out of them 24-7. That's why Roman roads lasted longer. Okay? They were a good quality build. But the fact of the matter is they didn't have the kinds of traffic back then that we do today. And also the intensity of it nonstop. That's why the roads today don't last as long, the beating they take. But all right, back to what I was talking about. So under the guidance of what was misnamed the lie of a name called the Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing, it does the opposite of that, may lead to federal government to drop quarterly lease sales altogether and go without, uh, with only annual ones. Now under the new rules, the... IRA also forbids non-competitive lease process that would happen after companies uh, wouldn't go through a it wouldn't go through the same process we have now. Uh, they estimate that about a quarter of the leases it would have in the past would be sold. So, communications director for the Petroleum Association of Wyoming said Wyoming already faces a number of obstacles, such as an increase in transportation costs because of the distance from markets and effective tax rates which are double the rate of Colorado, triple New Mexico, increase leasing costs and adding to the difficulties. Quote, given the capital need to invest in drilling operations, Wyoming producers will have to take into account these costs increase as well as elevate their confidence in the oil market over long term in order to make business decisions regarding these sales. So in other words, what they're doing here is federal government is making it unprofitable to do business oil, gas, and coal in the state of Wyoming. Oil prices have risen over the past week, about $90 per barrel. But the Wyoming Petroleum Association says that will only go so far, those increase in costs. Really, what we need to have is a decrease in regulation, taxation and regulation, and a decrease in leasing sale price. Because, once again, as this article from Cowboy State Daily points out at the beginning of it, it's your federal government, the Bureau of Land Management, that wants to increase how much oil and gas leases will go for when they have a sale to the point that getting one would be just about, just about unprofitable. Quote, companies are far more concerned about long-term outlooks than of price and demand and regulatory in, in the short term. What is the regulatory environment? By the way, some time ago, I was watching an interview by a guy who's a multi-billionaire who moved the bulk of his company to China. And you might think, well, that's unpatriotic. Why would you do that? That's a communist country. And he said, well, he's not the only company that has done that. And he said the reason he did it was not that they don't have a lot of regulations there and taxes. But the regulations and taxes are always the same. Where in America, it's constantly changing, and they never know from one month to the next what they're dealing with, which makes it extremely difficult to do business. 
Quote, the U.S. would be producing 2 and 3 million more barrels a day and between 20 and 25 more billion cubic feet of natural gas under Trump policies than under Biden policies. That's according to the Wyoming Petroleum Association. So here we have in the state of Wyoming, once again, everything we need to bring down the price of energy and make it more available. And who's trying to stop us? And then going to foreign countries to ask them for the energy that we lack, even though it's right under our feet. Uh, oh, J.W. and Guernsey. Morning, Glenn. Did you get that picture on Facebook Messenger that I sent you about toxic waste candy? Yes. And I should probably read that at some point this morning. Also, Sage Grouse and Gillette, I think a lot of this nonsense regarding energy leases would go away if the feds were forced through federal legislation that would transfer ownership of almost all federal lands to the individual states. See, that's one of the reasons why I'm in favor of Wyoming being in charge of all of its land and the federal government. The only business, the only land they should own is if they have a federal building or two in the state. One or two. That's about it. Our Nat Wyoming should be in charge of Wyoming lands. Coming up on 7.30, local news, weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I'm talking a lot about energy this morning so far, and how your federal government's doing all it can to make sure we can't go for reliable energy. Now we can have this conversation here, uh, these radio stations, podcasts, things like that. More difficult to do it in different forms of media out there. Glad that there is, yeah, other alternative news sources out there that people can grab. But I want you to listen to something, if you would, please. This was an interview with someone who works for YouTube. Now, there's many platforms out there that get out a lot of information, and they're supposed to be open forms. Like, you know, though, Facebook is one of them. Try to express a point of view that disagrees with what Facebook believes, the people who work at Facebook. Same with YouTube. Earlier this year, YouTube started reprogramming its algorithms in the U.S. to recommend questionable videos much less and point users who search for that kind of material to authoritative sources like news clips. With these changes, Wojcicki says they have cut down the amount of time Americans watch controversial content by 70%. Would you be able to say to the public, we are confident we can police our site. YouTube is always going to be different than something like traditional media, where every single piece of content is produced and reviewed. We have an open platform. Uh, they don't have an open platform. Although I did find a way around this. If you're looking for something specifically, or if you just want to do a search, there's several search engines out there. No, don't go to YouTube if you want to watch a YouTube video. You'll get there. There's several search engines out there that do not do what Google does, and YouTube is owned by Google. So go to these other independent search engines and look for what you want. 
and then search for videos on that topic. Those search engines will bring up the material you're looking for and then provide a link to the YouTube video so you can watch it off of YouTube. Because if you try to go through the YouTube algorithm to find what you want, you won't, as you just heard. That was a 60 Minutes interview, by the way. Now, Josh is in Torrington. First off, Josh, thanks for the note. Because I don't have, I don't have phones today, folks. Sorry about that. But people can text me anything they want. Now, first off, Josh, do me a favor. Just type the letter N into chat and send it to me because you spelled my name with only one N. And my name is two. See, my name is not Glenn. It's Glenn. See, see how that works? Okay. So I need another N. So you just send me the letter N and I will insert it. Now, I have seen this article, Josh. It's from PayPal. And they want to basically go after free speech on PayPal. I have not confirmed the validity of the article, although I'm not saying I doubt it. I just want to make sure I have all the facts right before I go with the story, Josh. But basically, what's going on, what's being spread around the internet right now is that if you're using PayPal and you don't have, let's say, the moral code that PayPal thinks you should have, you've been saying and doing things that they don't like that they might punish you through PayPal. That's the gist of it. Now, I heard that, and I thought, okay, fine, but I want to make sure that I have some good confirmation of that before I say that that's true. So at this point, I'm going to say, I don't know. Don't know if it is, don't know if it isn't. I've only seen the story from a couple of sources, and I want decent confirmation of that, of what they're saying, to make sure that it's not an Internet rumor, because that has happened plenty of times. But it is true, though, as I just played for you, that was a 60 Minutes interview with a lady from YouTube who was saying that, well, we will block, if you want to see any article, whether it's the one that Josh from Torrington is talking about, or articles or videos that I talk about, if you want to Google things, I would say, you know, to find information, go to, there are several search engines out there that you can use. And these search engines will let you find what you're looking for. And if what you're looking for has been posted on YouTube, you wouldn't be able to find it on YouTube because, again, they de-emphasize it to the point that you'll probably never find it. They push it way to the bottom. But if you use a third party to find what you're looking for, it will link you directly back to where it is on YouTube or Google or Facebook or someplace like that. So... It's learning to get around in order to find the information that you're looking for. If you get clever about it, you can beat their algorithms and find the information you're looking for online. So if you're wondering, where do I get a lot of the information that I talk about on this program? Well, I get around these algorithms that these major search engines put up by using the method that I just described to you. All right, I got to get a hold of Don Day. More nice days ahead. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Welcome to Wiggleverse. Is on the air. Sorry, but we had a budget. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. 7.45 is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day. Day weather. So good hunting this weekend, Don? Yes, I mean, how could you beat... Yeah. The weather we had to be outside and to take in all the the Wyoming glory we get this oh, time yeah. of year. I was up in the Bighorns. Nice, 
I mean, just wonderful up there. Okay, here's what worries me. We had such a nice week last week, and this week looks to be just as nice. So I'm getting worried. Well, there is a little bump of the road, but it's not a big one. That cold yeah. front that we've been talking about last week is going to come through tomorrow. So tomorrow is eh, going to be windy. It is going to be a little colder. There will be a few showers. But that's it, Glenn. It's 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 kind of a one-day, day-and-a-half little event, and it's really not much of one. Yeah. And all the bad weather is going to the east, so we are going to be, again, looking at another nice stretch of weather. Okay, so is Canada up to something here? Why they be nice to us? Well, they're not going to be nice to the upper Midwest and Great Lakes, because okay. that's where the cold's coming. In fact, uh-huh. you'll probably hear some whining and moaning and complaining about the Midwest and New England getting cold here later this week and this weekend. Um, but that's where it's going. So Canada is mad at them. I see. So see. last year they took it out on us. Well, you know, Canada does does like to have be equal opportunity. Sure, madness. they are that so, way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do think our turn's coming, but it's going to be you know maybe ten days or so before okay. we get that bigger push okay. of yeah. cold air coming our way. So we're going to stave off any real significant winter-like weather here for another week. So get out while you can, basically. Get away. Okay. Now I am planning a trip to Canada with bags of American quarters to go in their vending machines, like they've done to us. Uh, just. It just I mean, revenge has to be had on that at some point. Okay, so are you saying that ten days out there is something that you're looking at? Well, I see the pattern changing across the northern hemisphere, where eventually the dam will break and some of the colder weather will be able to get further west. Okay, as I just mentioned, the east is going to see some cold. I mean, significant cold. So we're seeing fall weather coming. It's just going to be on the other side of the U.S. at first then the second wave of colder weather i think is going to be further west so first wave we're just going to get a kiss from it the second wave about 10 days later will be bigger bigger okay i'm still waiting to hear about that first snowfall of the season coming you know which me is, too yeah, a okay. lot of a lot of people are a lot of people are saying you know where's the snow i want some snow and it's like those same very people yeah. in like november december will say that's i'm tired of snow. cold and snow yeah that's right yeah so so to those people who are saying where's the snow shut up <laughs> there you go. All right, thank you, Don. Don Day, Day Weather. No, I understand you want to see winter come along and so on, you know, but in phases and stages and not uh, – don't don't kick us in the teeth with it, okay? Off we go to the icebox where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, so Frank, uh, by Drew Kirby, our friend up the hallway over there. He's right over here. That's right, yeah. He wrote this story that unique Wyoming state championships are in the book. So we do have skewering, rodeo, mountain climbing, mm-hmm. and not just a pumpkin drop, the great pumpkin drop. That's in Worland, Wyoming. Yes, it is. And yeah. it's not, not tiny pumpkins. No, and it began about, according to Drew, 11 years ago is when they started this off. And according to Wyo Daily, this year there were 16 entries, state champion giant pumpkin dropping contest the winner was 1410 pounds and they drop these things on cars yes second place was 1153 named blanche you got to name your pumpkins if you're going to do something as long as they smash the cars which they do okay so let's give it to the people of warland for something like this so they decide to take these massive pumpkins and drop them on old dead automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I, uh, you know, 
I just can't think of anything more of a rural sport. When people who live way out in the middle of nowhere get bored. That's what you do. And when heavy equipment is involved. And, and, and we're saying, okay, when you have like farming, uh, you know, and so we're going to make a giant pumpkin, right? And then you're going to get a huge crane. So you get your heavy equipment operators together. They have a few beers and they come up with this. Yeah. And it's fun for the whole family, even with the beer. Can you make pumpkin pie out of this when you're done? What um, happens well, with all I, the pumpkin? I guess you can pick up the stuff off the hood. I guess. Or okay. the roof. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure all of this gets recycled into making more pumpkins. Right. Now. So they can make them bigger. Sure. And drop them farther right. on bigger vehicles, or actually do it on smaller vehicles. Now, if a vehicle weighs 1,410 pounds, how many seeds do you think are in there? Probably 1,410. Yeah, probably. So that That's one of the questions I have. Does a pumpkin that big have more seeds, less seeds? Now, the only thing I want to see them do, because I'm really impressed by the look of these pumpkins, but they get so big, they always get sort of squished looking. Yeah. Yeah, so I would like for them to find a way to make the pumpkins nice, big, and round pumpkin-like. Then, Frank, we can have a Halloween with the great pumpkin like Linus wanted. Yes. Can you imagine trying to carve a 1,000-pound pumpkin? Oh, my God. You're going to need like a, a chainsaw. Chainsaw. Right? That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, I did play. You just can't hear it. Go for All it. All right. In college football over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys picked up a win they really needed to have on Saturday night. They beat New Mexico on the road 27-14. Cowboy defensive front was ferocious in the second half, putting pressure on anybody who had the ball and anywhere the ball went. Lobos had just 100 yards of offense in that second half, and it didn't look good for Wyoming initially. They fell behind 14 to nothing, but Traden Wells caught two TD passes. The second one in the third quarter tied the game at 14. John Hoyland kicked two field goals as the Pokes were hanging on to a 2014 lead in that fourth quarter, and then Cameron Stone sealed the deal with an interception return for a touchdown. Cowboys are 4-3 now overall, 2-1 in Mountain West Conference play, and they're going to have this week off. In the National Football League from last night, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback and Buffalo Bills star Josh Allen had quite a day. As the Bills embarrassed Pittsburgh 38-3, Allen threw for 348 yards in the first half and finished with 424 yards and four touchdown passes as Buffalo gets to 4-1 and one on the year. In the late game last night, Baltimore beat Cincinnati 19-17. The Bengals were 2-3. and three. Cincy linebacker and Casper native Logan Wilson had seven tackles. In high school football from over the weekend, the top-rated team in 4A shared and shut down Kelly Walls 48-16. KW is 1-6. Cheyenne East won the old-fashioned Capital Bowl with a 28-17 win over Cheyenne Central. East is 6-1, and one and Central is 4-3. and three. Third-rated Natrona beat Campbell County on the road, 41-6. NC is 6-1. and one. They're going to host Sheridan this week. That should be a tremendous game. Laramie was drilled by Thunder Basin, 68-7. The Plainsmen are 1-6. Cheyenne South still winless, and they lost to Rock Springs, 48-7. In other games, and Douglas, Douglas beat Riverton on the road, 56-7. So the Bearcats have just one loss in 3A play. In 2A, Burns drops to 3-3 three three after a tough 13-7 defeat to Tug River. Glenrock is 1-5 after a 24 24- Nothing defeat to Torrington and won a six man. KC is four and two after a 78 20 loss to Burlington and Midwest lost to Hewlett 62 31. The Oilers are three and three. Major League Baseball playoffs first in the National League. San Diego eliminated the New York Mets two games to one in that wild card round with a 6 nothing win last night. St. Louis choked at home, losing two straight to Philadelphia. So San Diego will play Los Angeles in the second round. Philadelphia will tangle with Atlanta. In the American League, Seattle eliminated Toronto in two straight games and Toronto with a major choke. They led that second game of that series by seven runs and lost. Seattle has not been to the playoffs since 2001. They'll meet Houston in the second round. Cleveland eliminated Tampa Bay in two straight thanks to a 
one nothing win in Game 2 in 15 innings. The Guardians will play the New York Yankees in the divisional round. That's it in sports. Speaking of Midwest, so I was actually heading back late on Saturday. It, it was dark. That's very late for me. Yeah, late, late is usually dark. Yes, yeah. yeah, and I'm up on I-25 heading south. Okay, and I look over toward the town of Midwest, yeah. which being up high like that, I can go. Wow, look way over there. Yeah, you this, can see some lights. Yeah, yeah, tiny little town, all lit up out there in the prairie area. Was the little town of Midwest? Just when you think I am way out in the middle of nowhere, there's a town which obviously its name says everything you need to know about the town. Right. Sometimes if we're driving so long yeah. in, the, in the in the state here, it, it's comforting to see. Yes. Electricity. Yes. You know, if I break down, lights, I could you know? walk a half hour that way, <laughs> as opposed to sitting in your car for two hours. Knock on someone stranger's door and yeah. get shot. Okay. Hello. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time. After that, weather forecast: Wake up, Wyoming. Slumber landing. Eight oh six the time. Wake up, Wyoming, and it's a Monday. Trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. So Paris, you often heard it's the city of light, right? Well, not so much anymore. Paris, renowned shops and monuments will plunge into darkness for early energy sobriety is what they're calling it. Yeah, they're not calling it like blackouts. Oh, no, no, no. It's early energy sobriety. That's what Paris, known, the story says, for three centuries as the city of light will look much darker this winter with France pushing a policy of energy sobriety. That's what they're calling it now. Like when California turned to Tesla owners, could you not charge your vehicles for the next week or so here? Because we don't really have the energy to give you to do that. That's, that's energy sobriety, which means, of course, it's the fault of the energy consumer that there's not enough energy out there even though the producers are more than capable of producing enough. Well, that'll turn the city's lights into uh, an historic attraction and so on off. And, quote, we must stop believing that people are only attracted by light, said the deputy mayor. See, here comes the Orwellian terms here. People are not mosquitoes. Oh, God. See, th this is where never vote for politicians who use this kind of language. Never. Energy sobriety. As soon as I heard that, my answer would be, I'm not voting for you anymore. We're not mosquitoes. We don't have to have light. You mean a moth, maybe? Is that what you're going for? But anyway, no, I wouldn't vote for that anymore. All right, reading on. People used to Paris being lit up late at night will have to adjust to a new reality. And this winter, probably longer, according to the French president, calling for...
a 10% reduction in energy consumption over the next two years. Paris has responded by cutting power to its renowned shops for in early hours, a practice that's being followed by government-owned buildings and some of the city's most famous attractions, including the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre. The policy comes, now they talk about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That would have something to do with it, sure, because they were getting a lot of energy from Russia. But you and I both know this began before that. So France has typically been a net exporter of energy in recent years, Issues plaguing many of the country's nuclear plants have caused the country to import. Much like here in America, we had for a while there, we were an actual exporter of energy. We had so much, we had more than we could deal with here, and so we were exporting it to those people who needed it. France used to be doing the same thing. But now they blame, and think about once again the lie that's involved here, because they say, well, we're doing this because of the war in Ukraine. We don't have the energy. But hang on. You were exporting energy recently before the war in Ukraine. And then that was scaled back to you had to import from Russia. Then came the war in Ukraine. What happened, France? Other European countries are implementing similar policies. Netherlands calling on residents to take shorter showers. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, don't do that. That means you go to the Netherlands and the Netherlandonians are going to start smelling like the French. Oh, that's just horrible. Finland's asking people to spend less time on electronic devices and Germany cutting the lights to many of its monuments. But seemingly no country has been more aggressive than France, which will cut off hot water to people's homes and buildings. And capping the temperature at what you can have your hot water at, but also capping temperature for, let's say, if you wanted to keep your house warm or cold. And also, they want to cap how often, how far people can drive, how much fuel you use in your car. French residents also have been encouraged to make changes at home, including guidance. It's just guidance now. You know, it starts that way. To only use electrical appliances such as the dishwasher, washing machine, outside peak hours, unplug your computers when not using them, things like that. We will publish our electricity and gas consumption every um, week and, and try to reduce the number. Depending on this and whether we will see if we have what we have left for necessary savings, yada, yada. Again, it's more... More Orwellian, once again. So here, an, another country that was an exporter of energy and had more than they knew what to do with. And now, this. So we have to ask the question once again, what is really going on when and France mostly, mostly used nuclear power? And they were still an exporter. So you have to wonder what actually is going on and why they don't want to go to reliable energy. Reliable energy that actually will provide what people need and even what they want beyond that, which can be done in a very clean and reliable fashion. No, CO2 is not a pollutant. 
they were doing it before. All right, next story up, sort because of, I've been talking a lot about energy this morning. So here's a headline from Climate Depot. Army releases a new plan to mitigate climate change, according to the new defense secretary. U.S. Army needs to immediately take appropriate policy actions to prioritize climate change. Now, I really would like the Army to prioritize keeping us safe. Wouldn't you? Yeah, not from the climate, because there's nothing we can do about that. I would like to have the Army actually worry about keeping us safe from any kind of foreign aggression. Via military.com, the 50-page plan, which is an extension of the service's overall Army climate strategy, released earlier this year, offers a series of ambitious goals to meet the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's 2021 call to immediately take appropriate policy actions to prioritize climate change considerations. See, I worry if we keep going down this road, the next time we do get involved in a war, and we will, they will come again that our army sucks as much as the Russian army does right now. Mostly for not having our priorities straight. Story says the climate strategy, quote, while the army cannot address all or even most emissions, and again, he's talking CO2, the right initiative, investments, and policies can significantly reduce emissions while at the same time enhancing readiness. Now, again, like what I was just reading out of France, you know that's a big steaming pile of buffalo pucky. The Army is looking to further reduce the consumption while battening down the hatches for damaging climate change that will likely bring extreme weather. It's commonplace now. The Army has to adapt its its installations and on and on it goes. So that was all put out in a press release, which tells me I worry now that we end up becoming not just like France and other European countries, but like California and not as ready to defend ourselves. Right now, I mean, it has been up to now. If anybody was stupid enough to attack us, it would be over fast. But we start doing this, our army starts to suck as much as the Russian army currently does. 8.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Be ready for us, Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Hey, 20 is the time to wake up, Wyoming. All right, I'm... Getting tired of well, I, I start off with some very serious topics this morning, mostly energy related. And if you're anything like me, at some point I'm like, ah, oh, it's a break after all of this. Here's just something different for you, all right? And you're welcome in advance. Remember the guy who got stuck in the bottom of an outhouse for three hours over Yellowstone? You heard about that one? Yeah, this is not the first time this has happened somewhere around the country. Washington State had a case like this. So someone's sitting at, you go to a park, right, and you got to use the facilities. And so you go to either one of the hard outhouses there or one of the porta potties, right? And some people like to sit there with their phone in hand. And for whatever reason, they end up dropping their phone. 
Sometimes it's just they get up and they're bending over and the phone falls out of the pocket if I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Then they feel the need to go down in there after their phone. I wouldn't. Phone's gone. I'll get a new one. So the uh, story in front, there was a guy that did that here in Wyoming. And he was he went down and he even got undressed. Ugh. I'm sorry, were you eating breakfast? Uh, yeah. And then he went down and, and when he tried to climb back out, he got stuck. And he was stuck in this hot outhouse for about three hours calling for help. And then somebody showed up and found him. All right, here's the story, Cowboy State Daily. Everyone deserves some time off. Just unplug and get off the grid. A helpful video has been released that can dispel any notion that getting stuck at the bottom of an outhouse is any kind of vacation. By the way, I would guarantee you this ruined this guy's vacation. In August, Cowboy State Daily reported on the unfortunate fate of a man who dropped his smartphone. I'm sorry, do we want to call it a smartphone? Yeah, well, okay, he's an idiot. The phone is smarter than him. How about that? Into an outhouse, then got undressed and got down in there to retrieve it. He ended up stuck in there for, well, total time. I think it was, it was more than an hour. I heard maybe up to three, but okay. 90-degree weather, so you can imagine how hot it was inside there. To By himself there, in the middle of nowhere, calling out for help. And finally, someone arrived in the area and heard him. A new video appearing, Yellowstone Invasion of the Idiots, shows the individual helpful trying to get the man out of there, finally calling for assistance. Hey, now we're getting somewhere, buddy, he says, as he's trying to help the guy. And the guy's stuck in there. I'm so tired. Yeah, you're stuck in there for quite a while. No wonder you are. It was then that the outhouse man, who you don't want to have that name stuck on you for the rest of your life, had a revelation on what to do if he was ever in that predicament again. I can tell you next time, I'm just going to report the phone stolen. Aha! Okay, see? Now he gets smart. Good news is he got his phone to work. The bad news is that there was no service, so he couldn't call anyone for help. So I've been sitting down here at the bottom of the outhouse trying to call 911. Can't get any service whatsoever. Not around here, his rescuer said. So at least this guy had some kind of an epiphany. And you can see him on video saying, hey, next time I'm just reporting my phone stolen. That's it. I would even go that because then you're lying. I would just turn and say, I just lost my phone. I dropped it, and there's no way I'm getting it back. That's what I would say. So there, we can put that story to rest. At least one person learned his lesson. All right, we're getting close to Halloween. So my friend asked me yesterday, Val, hypothetically, zombie apocalypse breaks out. Where are you going? Cracker Barrel. He said, why? I said, have you been in one of those? I mean, there's food, there's clothing, and the walls are covered in weapons, like straight hand-to-hand combat-style farm equipment weapons. I said, why, where are you going? And they said, Bass Pro Shop. Excellent choice. But they're far and few between. Had to do a little research. If you live in Harlingen, Texas, there's a Bass Pro Shop next to a Cracker Barrel, next to a Sam's Club. I mean, that's like the zombie apocalypse trifecta right there. Unfortunately, I don't live near Harlingen, Texas, and I don't have a Bass Pro Shop near me. If I was next to one Bass Pro Shop, Hands down, that's where I'm going. 
It's got food, it's got weapons, and it's got clothing. But I guess I want to stick with Cracker Barrel. I did, uh, a few years back, this was shortly after Hurricane Katrina, I was watching a television show. What do you do if society were to collapse for whatever reason? I don't know, Yellowstone blows up, who knows, what, whatever the reason is. And we have a societal collapse. Where do you go? This guy used New Orleans and Hurricane Katrina as an example. Because he found the one place that nobody touched. Nobody broke into it. Nobody looted anything. And it's packed with information on everything he would need to know to get what he needs to survive. And that turned out to be the city library. Yeah, in New Orleans, there was all sorts of rioting and looting going on after Hurricane Katrina, as you know. One place they did not go, nobody did, that was rioting and looting, was the library. It was left completely untouched. And he points out, if you go to your library, you can find in there all sorts of information about the city that you're in. So if the power's out, there's no internet, you have all this information on the city that you're in. It's right there as public records in the library. So you can find out where to go to get what you need to survive. And you're in the safest hideout that you can possibly be in. A library which anyone with bad intentions is not even going to think about going to that building. They certainly didn't do it in New Orleans. Completely untouched the entire building the entire time. Safest place to be. Also, if you find yourself having to wait for a while for whatever the reason is and you're kind of bored... You've got how much reading material? And with today's libraries, you can also have videos because they uh, let out DVDs and stuff like that. They have computers now. If you want to go in and check out a laptop, video cameras, yeah, they, they have all of that in there, plus things that you can watch on DVD. So there, you have all the entertainment that you need to keep yourself busy when you're just hunkering down and all the information that you need to find wherever, whatever you need to survive, food, what utilities, whatever it might be. And you're in the building that people who are of the lowest possible denominator in human society, probably if you ask them where the public library is, they don't even know. So again, I go back to New Orleans where... That was the one building. Nobody smashed any windows. Nobody tried to break into it. You go to your public library. So after that bit, I just played about the zombie apocalypse. What's your strategy during a zombie apocalypse? And she said, Cracker Barrel, Bass Pro Shop. Now, that's fine, but she's got to realize everybody else that needs stuff to survive will look at those retail stores and think, food and supplies and that's where everybody else is going you got to do what nobody else thinks of i say this because well for example if you're listening to me in wyoming yeah nobody else is thinking about coming here so already you're, you're one up on everybody else we have plenty of energy we have lots of food out here we raise it grow it in all sorts of different ways we are certainly well armed for the zombie apocalypse and if you live way out in the prairie, you can see them coming from miles away. So, you see, we are already set, ready to go. Coming up on 8.30, look at your local weather forecast coming your way, right after your weather forecast. Rolling into more open phones, nice long segment of it. Oh, wait a second, I can't do that. I'm sorry, did I, I did that out of habit. I don't have phones today. So, you can send me texts off the Wake Up Wyoming app. So, it's news 
weather, non-open phones, but we'll call it open texts until I get the phones working again. It's Wake Up Wyoming. The Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Just taking a little bit of a break from the hard news here. Coming up on my favorite holiday, Halloween. Because I was born just a little bit before Halloween, I asked my mom why she couldn't hang on a few more minutes and make me a Halloween baby. Her answer to me was, wanted you the hell out of there. So I was born on October 30th. Still, though, my favorite holiday. Because everybody got dressed up for my birthday. And it was the only time, in all sorts of weird costumes, and it was the only time I was allowed to leave the house at night in the dark and go into all sorts of other neighborhoods I'd never been to before, knock on the doors of strangers and ask them for candy. Yeah? No other time of the year can you do something like that. And looks like you've done really well for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I was walking all over the neighborhood farther than anyone else. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? That's my candy. Oh, you didn't earn that. Sharing is caring, you know. There are kids out there who are less fortunate and can't afford a costume this year. Yeah, well, they can go out and mow lawns and earn money like, like I did. They weren't out there trick-or-treating. But they're the less fortunate. But they never left the house. I did all the work. Well, and you know, I'm afraid there's just not enough here. We're going to have to ask you to go out and get some more. But, but... Be back by nine. That's bedtime. See you later. Trick-or-treating the socialists or people on the hardcore left, they will always try to find an excuse to get the candy that you worked hard for. Just tossing that out there. You work for it. You earned it. It is yours. You don't have to redistribute it to anybody. If they want as much candy as you, they're going to have to get out there and do the work. No excuses. None whatsoever. I've heard people make all sorts of excuses as to why they deserve your candy. No, they don't. Now, they can negotiate with you. I was actually going to save, usually I save this for the last day, you know, Halloween itself or the day before Halloween, I play this next one. But since I I mentioned it, I thought I might as well go ahead and play with it because there is a strategy to Halloween candy trading. And you got to be careful, especially when you come across the socialists. If you like Necco wafers, the original candy wafer, yeah, that's a category that really took off. There's no need to watch this video. You're going to get screwed no matter what. Same goes if you like those nasty little orange and black candies. Save yourself some time. Don't go trick-or-treating. Just eat random crap you find on the floor. And now we begin. Step one, identifying your trading partner. Children under the age of five are legally protected. That's because of Becky's Law. Named after a Wisconsin girl who traded her entire stash for a box of Good and Plenty's. That's 
her brother had convinced her were unicorn eggs. She cried for three and a half years. Children between the ages of five and seven are allowed a 30-second trade-back grace period. This also applies to the elderly. If you have friends or siblings with any of the following traits, they make ideal trading partners. If you don't, you'll have to get crafty. Start by determining the flavor affinity of your opponent. There are three basic classes, and each one has a weakness. Be warned that a classic strategy is to pretend that you're in the fruit and sour category while executing the Smarties Gambit for a full-size Snickers. If you'd like to download a PDF version of this chart, please look in your butt. If your opponent says that they like special darks, be kind to them. They're probably going to be your boss someday. Likewise, if they express interest in any of the oral fixation candies like wax lips, paper dots, candy cigarettes, or pop rocks, keep track of them. They're going to be fun to hang out with in college before they drop out. Step 2. Pre-trade organization and preparation. Loose candy corn should be placed with your pennies. They're equally worthless. Under the new health law, ripped or unwrapped candy falls under the protection of pre-existing condition. And although they lose value, you cannot exclude them from trading. Dum-dums should be organized in complete sets, not by individual flavor. Unless, of course, you have three or more root beers, which can be set aside. Lump your three musketeers together with your Milky Ways to ferret out people that don't know the difference. Most likely, they'll confuse Crackles and Mr. Goodbars, too. Hide your Mary Janes, banana-flavored taffies, and any short-lasting bubblegums under a pile of Whoppers, Goobers, Caramel Cubes, and Red Hots. Be prepared to offer the full stack as an all-or-none trade for a Charleston Chewer grader. Although nerds are technically inert pop rocks, they should be placed in their own category. Unfortunately, Butterfingers, Almond Joy, and Mounds should be set aside for the mom and dad tax. Note that there is growing support to repeal the mom and dad tax as it hurts honest candy disclosure and might lead children to stop trick-or-treating altogether. If possible, avoid major transactions until after the election. And raisins should be burned and then peed on by your dog. Part 3, Classic Strategies. Avoid anyone who suggests dumping all the candy in a pile and rationing it out based on hunger. They are Marxists. John Maynard Keene suggested taking 40% of the candy from the children with the most, burying it in the ground, and then giving the candy-poor children jobs digging it up. Or, of course, you can try the classic approach. Whatever you choose, remember that Pixie Sticks, Twizzlers, and Smarties are your workhorses, and Fifth Avenues are better than 100 grand. And as for anyone who gave you an apple, don't worry, they're going to hell. Oh, there's a special place in hell for them. So there you go. That's all you need to know about candy trading. I hope you wrote all of that down, and especially when it comes to the socialists, who are wanting, they're going to want to redistribute everything. And the answer to that is no. You go out and you earn your candy like everybody else. And if somebody comes back with more than you, well, good for them. But maybe you can negotiate a deal with them. Just saying. Just be careful not to get screwed. Okay, <clears throat> back to the real news. Mall thefts and mail thefts have surged nationwide. Let's do the mail thefts. A rash of local mail thefts. How's that going in your area, by the way? Coincide with a report 17-fold nationwide, 17-fold increase nationwide. Uh, checks stolen from U.S. mail. As officials representing the Postal Service say, they were hamstrung in arresting people like, well, they found, for example... One resident of the Postal Service Association, or I should say employee, said mail theft arrests dropped from fiscal year 2019 until today. Dropped quite a bit. U.S. Postal, so in other words, the thefts have increased, but the arrests for thefts have gone down. United States Postal Service says it's safe to use the blue mailboxes to send mail during the day, during operating hours. You can do that. In other words, those ones that they put out in the street there. Leaving it in the mailbox in front of your house or at the end of your street, that's a different story. Officials in the Dayton region reported that they're investigating a rash of mail-related crimes. 
Items were stolen from at least seven different post office mailboxes in their area, in a very small area, meaning it probably was just one person. And there was one nearly $75,000 in stolen checks, according to police. United States Postal Service says it's offered about $50,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of these people. But it has been nationwide. Now, I do remember there's been a couple of cases. One, when my sister sent me something, and I just didn't get it. And it, and there were other people in my neighborhood, too. Stuff with these either left in the mailbox or on the front porch. And it just would never arrive. Now, that hasn't happened in our neighborhood in a while. But there was a period of time there where some things just disappeared. And our only guess was, well, according to all tracking, it, it had arrived and it had arrived at our door or in our mailbox, but it just wasn't there. So I don't know what the numbers are for Wyoming. We tend to be much more rural. It might be accepted on more populated hubs. It's probably less of a problem way out in the middle of nowhere just because who's going to drive all the way out in the middle of nowhere to check mailboxes? It's a lot of work to do that. But if there's a thief that can just hit up the street, I think it would probably – I'd like to see the numbers on this. It's probably more prevalent in big city areas, wouldn't you think? That's my guess anyway. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Welcome to Wiggle. You roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. It's a time. Let's wake up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino's waiting by us. So, Frank, there's a couple of things that have nothing to do with each other that I want to mention to okay. you before you do your news. One, I'm talking to a very nice lady here who listens to the show. She's in Cheyenne now. Okay. She's originally from Mystic, Iowa. Oh. What um, a name. I, I lived in Des Moines for a while. Okay. I lived but, in Waterloo for a while, but yeah. I'm not sure where Mystic is. Mystic, Iowa is like saying Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. What a name. That's great. She has this on her page. If God can make a bug's butt light up, think of what it can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say. You, know, you, need, you need more energy. I, I would say, yeah. But, but still, though, I, I look at that and think, no, she's not wrong about any of that. That's pretty astounding. Next one I'm just going to give to you for your amusement. Now, I thought I heard you say you have a cat, right? Yes, I have a cat. Yes. I love the attitudes of cats. And you got to wonder sometimes, do they know what they're doing and they're just being jerks on purpose? <laughs> oh, they all, I, I yeah. think they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, okay. Well, explain this one then, Frank. Here's a picture of a guy who was arrested and there's uh, three police officers and apparently the victim... And this was all over a motorbike the guy tried to steal. Okay. Uh, they tackle the guy to the ground, and he's laying there handcuffed on his belly as the cops talk to the victim. A cat climbs up and decides to make a nice little pillow out of the, out of the perp's back. <laughs> oh, I saw, uh, th that was like in um, London. Yes, England, that was yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. What a nice place just to go. Look at that nice warm back. I think I'll just crawl <laughs> up on it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe the maybe it was the owner that was getting busted. Uh, yeah. Which makes me ask the question here, frankly. Did the cat know what was going on and just decided to further humiliate this guy and show who's really superior here? Or did the cat have no idea what was going on and just saw a warm back? My guess is that in reality that animals know 
yeah. when you're not feeling well uh-huh. or things are not well, oh. and then they kind of gravitate so to they you. Want to go? So give this guy's this guy's yeah. handcuffed on the sidewalk, and yes. how much worse could it get? I oh, mean, he's feeling bad. I'm going to go <laughs> and, give him some comfort. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, okay, Frank. I had no idea that you had that kind of uh, insights into cats. Hang on a second. Here. I'm still having problems with. Okay, so that goes there. This goes here, and. Yeah, it's just not working today, Frank. I'll figure it out. Oh, it's all good. College football from over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys picked up a win they really needed. uh, And they beat New Mexico on the road on Saturday night, 27-14. The Cowboy defensive front was ferocious in the second half. They put pressure on anybody who had the ball and anywhere the ball was going. The Lobos had just 100 yards of offense in the second half. It didn't look good for Wyoming initially as they fell behind 14-0. But Trayton Welch caught two TD passes. The second one in the third quarter tied the game at 14. John Horland with a couple of fields. Goals. Cowboys were hanging on to a 2014 lead in the fourth quarter. Then Cameron Stone sealed the deal with an interception return for a touchdown. Pokes are four and three overall, two and one in Mountain West Conference play. They'll have this week off in the National Football League from yesterday. Former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback and Buffalo Bills star Josh Allen had a tremendous game as the Bills embarrassed Pittsburgh 38 to three. Allen threw for 348 yards in the first half and finished with 424 for the game and four touchdown passes. As Buffalo gets to four and one on the year in the late game last night, Baltimore beat Cincinnati. 19-17. The Bengals are 2-3 and three on the year. Cincy linebacker and Casper native Logan Wilson with seven tackles in that game. In high school football from over the weekend, the top-rated team in 4A. Sheridan shut down Kelly Walsh, 48-16 to in Casper, so KW is 1-6. Cheyenne East won the old-fashioned Capital Bowl with a 28-17 win over Cheyenne Central. East is 6-1, Central 4-3. Third-rated the Trona beat Campbell County on the road, 41-6. NC is 6-1. They're going to host Sheridan this week, and that should be a tremendous game. Laramie drilled Thunder Base. Laramie was drill by Thunder Basin, 68-7, so the Plainsmen are 1-6. Cheyenne South still winless. They lost to Rock Springs 48-7. In other games, Douglas with just one loss in 3A play as they beat Riverton on the road 56-7. In 2A, Burns is 3-3 after a tough 13-7 loss to Tongue River. Glenrock 1-5 after a 24-0 loss to Torrington. In 1A, six-man, KC lost to Burlington 78-20. The Bucks are 4-2. And Midwest lost to Hewlett 62-31. The Rollers are 3-3. In the Major League Baseball playoffs, first in the National League. San Diego eliminated the New York, Met, New York Mets two games to one in that wild card round with a 6-0 win last night. St. Louis choked at home, losing two straight to Philadelphia, so the Cardinals were eliminated. So San Diego will play Los Angeles in the second round, and Philadelphia will tangle with Atlanta. In the American League, Seattle eliminated Toronto in two straight games. Toronto with a major choke. They led that second game by seven runs and lost. So they will meet Houston in the second round. Cleveland beat Tampa Bay in two straight thanks to a 1-0 win in game two that lasted 15 innings. The Guardians will play the New York Yankees in the divisional round. Any predictions on this baseball? I'm thinking still the Dodgers in the National League. Okay. The, yeah. it may, maybe the Yankees. I hope not. Okay. Or the Ash, the, the Houston Astros. Okay. I mean, as long as the Astros don't cheat, they, they, maybe they learn their lesson. <laughs> you know? No. Maybe? No. Not, not a chance. Or, or, they're, or, they're, or they're finding new ways to cheat. Yes. That's it. I'm going with that one. Okay. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. And we're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.
six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Monday. Just so you know, I've been operating without phones today. Uh, Miss Mary's out. That system's down. I am unsupervised. That's good. But you can always text me. If you use the Wake Up Wyoming app, which is free to download at your app store, just Wake Up Wyoming, one of the many features on the app is you can touch chat and send me a text message. People send me texts, pictures, all sorts of things. And I respond not just on the air, but off the air. So that's one way we can communicate. When I'm on the air here this morning, everything should be back to normal, whatever normal is, <clears throat> tomorrow. All right. Headline from the Telegraph. This was just posted by a friend of mine. It goes all the way back to 2016. I want to just do that again, just so you know. This originally was posted by the UK Telegraph back in October of 2016. Here's the headline. Experts said Arctic sea ice would melt entirely by 2016. Well, apparently they were wrong. Dire predictions, the story says, that the Arctic would be devoid of ice by this year have been proven wrong. Now, the prediction was made back in 2012. Let me see. Subscribe with. No, I don't want to subscribe or log in. You get the idea. I don't have to go any more into the story. This was a prediction made back in 2012, and Al Gore did not make the prediction, but he repeated it. So it was back in 2012 that the prediction was made, and Al Gore repeated that prediction. And it was supposed to be not uh, – the Arctic was not supposed to be devoid of ice year-round. But in the summertime, there wouldn't be any ice in the North Pole. Oh, and the polar bears were supposed to be all dead and gone by now. That didn't happen either. Just every so often, it's worth bringing up another one of those failed predictions. So for those people who say that I am anti-science, I like to point out stories like that and say, look, I have trust issues. And I have trust issues for some very good reasons. And that's one of those reasons. The number of times that dire predictions were made and whatever the dire prediction was did not come true. So, yes, I have serious trust issues, not with science, not at all. It's not the scientists that I have a beef with. Because when I quote the scientists on this radio program, those in the cult of climate change don't want to hear what I have to say, even though I'm quoting actual scientists. So let's take a look at who's actually in denial here. All right, next story up. And this goes back to, once again, people in Denial. I am not supposed to talk about stuff like this, but it's got to be talked about. So the BLM, not the Bureau of Land Management, the other BLM, Black Lives Matter. Remember, the founders of BLM have been getting stinking rich off of their movement and spending that money in all sorts of really obscene ways while actually doing nothing to help the people that they claim they want to help and not going to the places that need to be helped. In fact, going after people who are trying to help them. If anything, this organization should be in inner city Chicago trying to stop gang violence if they really cared. Here's the story. Headline, BLM founder funnels even more cash into mansion. 
The story says we haven't checked in on what Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation and co-founder Patrice Cullors has been up to recently. So how has she been spending her time and her foundation's money since her sudden resignation last year from the group she helped set up? Try not to faint in shock, the story says, but she has been dumping tens of thousands of more dollars into renovations and upgrading her Los Angeles mansion she now calls home. She also sold off one of uh, some of her other properties, and she picked up during a real estate spending spree, making a tidy profit. New York Post gives us another look. Story says, the controversial Marxist, I'm glad they said that, the controversial Marxist co-founder of Black Lives Matter. Now, here's the thing. Can you honestly say she is a Marxist? Well... She didn't actually make her, although she has made billions, okay, she didn't make billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of billions. I have to get the exact amount. I don't know if it was billions. Maybe, maybe more. Let's call it tens of millions. How about that? I'll play it safe. And she didn't make all of that money by actually producing a product that people wanted to buy and then going out and selling that product. That would be capitalism. No, she can't do that. She's a Marxist. Instead, she extorted it from people. That's how she made all that money. So she now is, she bought multiple homes for multi tens of millions of dollars. And now she's putting tons of money into renovating it. Former Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation added children's play area for her young son. And three-bedroom, three-bathroom Los Angeles Canyon neighborhood photos of it there. And the images reveal deep plunge pool, yet to have water added, as well as uh, a shed house sauna, et cetera, et cetera, goes on to this. But you get the idea that here is somebody who said that she was starting this organization and, and she felt that the world needed, especially America, needed this organization because she said Black Lives Matter. Okay. My main complaint was not that she was just extorting money. That was bad enough was that she never really sent this organization to where it needed to go. If she really cared, if she really did, get into places like inner city New York uh, City and inner city Chicago and Detroit, the gang violence that happens there, the broken homes, the drug abuse that happens there, if she really cared, that's where she would be. But she's living in a neighborhood that is exclusive Hard to get into. She didn't take all of the money that she got by extorting people and take that money to where it was most needed and spend that money there. Instead, look how much money she spent on herself. Now, because of this, she was forced to resign. Yet she's still worth I don't know how much, but enough to spend all of this money on continuing to renovate her homes. So apparently while she had to quit her job over this whole scandal, she, I, I don't think, learned anything from this. And I still have to ask of the organization, if you really care, then why aren't you where it really matters? Instead, you went after police departments and you protested in neighborhoods that didn't really need your help. Instead, you spent the money and your time on yourself rather than going to the places that really need it and spending that money 
in ways that would actually make a difference in those communities. It is not a gun problem. It is not a police problem. It is a social issue. It's a social issue where the folks that live in these communities, again, broken homes, broken families, gangs. Gangs become the families for young kids that don't have anywhere else to go. That's the problem. And that's the culture that needs to be fixed. 915, wake up Wyoming. To start the morning, news, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. To Rianne in Fort Danger, she's asking about the story I just did. Where's all the outrage? Oh, no, no, you're not allowed to be outraged. Don't you dare say anything. No, no, no. That makes you a bad person if you point out that other people are involved in extortion and embezzling the money to enrich themselves and never actually helping any of the people they swore they were going to help. All right? Just... Kind of pointing that out. Did have I done this yet? This hour trigger warning. Warning: This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. So here's another one that ought to cause a lot of national media attention and outrage. And let's see how the national media... I can't call them news media anymore. I I just can't. Because what I watch on television, what I read on different sources like this, isn't news anymore. But okay, headline. Democrat former mayor faces sentencing for ballot harvesting. When that, that's not possible. That doesn't happen, right? Democrat former mayor of St. Louis, Arizona, who pleaded guilty to ballot abuse, is hoping for leniency in sentencing. I can't even pronounce her first name. I'm going to give it a try. Gurillamania? G-U-I-L-L-E-R-M-I-N-A. How do you even pronounce that? And then her last name, F-U-E-N-T-E-S. Okay, well, anyway, this former mayor. Why do they give me names like they do this on purpose? That's not her real name. I'm convinced of it. They just do this to screw up talk show hosts on the air. But all right. And pleaded guilty June to a single count of ballot abuse and admitted to collecting several early voting ballots during the 2020 election. She then handed them off to a woman who pleaded guilty in March to, again, depositing ballots at a polling place. Stuffing the ballot box numbers. According to prosecutors, she used her status as a powerful local Democrat operative to run a ballot harvesting scheme that collected ballots from voters in Arizona for the 2020 primary election. Now, again, that's not supposed to happen. 
How can this be? Well, all right, let's take a look at this, if I'm able to call it up here. A local television station out there. Admission of guilt following the 2020 general election that's been under so much scrutiny. In December of 2020, Guillermina Fuentes, along with another suspect, were indicted on one count of ballot abuse, also known as ballot harvesting. Today, Fuentes appeared in court and pleaded guilty. Our Samantha Bird was there and has the story. 36-year-old Germina Fuentes changed her plea to guilty Thursday in court. She's now facing up to three years probation or up to two years behind bars. I tried to get an interview with her after the hearing. And so Germina Fuentes, or I still can't get it right. Anyway, so that's from a local television station. She pleaded guilty, made an agreement with prosecutors. Now prosecutors want the Yuma County Superior Court judge to sentence her to at least a year, if not more, behind bars. Meanwhile, assistant attorney in the area said the two women were caught on video outside a voting center while they looked at four ballots. The question is, why did she feel the need to exert pressure over people in her community and control the flow of ballots into the ballot box? I'm going to guess that perhaps... She just thought she was not going to get reelected, I guess, and wanted to remain in control. I do notice that there are some people who just, they have to have, I don't know what it is. I don't understand why, because I've never been that kind of a person, but they have to have control over other people. New this morning, according to records obtained by the Associated Press, a San Luis woman indicted on accusations of illegally collecting ballots apparently run a sophisticated operation using her status as a well-known Democratic operative to persuade voters to let her gather and in some cases fill out their ballots. 66-year-old Germina Fuentes and a second woman were indicted in December 2020 on one count of ballot abuse, a practice commonly known as ballot harvesting. Now, what gets me there is twice now, twice I have heard how that woman's name is pronounced. And even when I try to pronounce it after that, I just, it, it my mouth doesn't work that way. And I'm a professional talker and I can't even do this. So that's why I say, I think they throw out names that they know that there's no way I could possibly get out of my mouth. They do that on purpose. But again, ballot harvesting, not supposed to happen. Now, here in the state of Wyoming, as you know, who will end up being our new secretary of state? Because, you know, there's pretty much just one person in the race right now. And there are some independents running for secretary of state finally. But they're not going to get any traction, really. So we already knew who our secretary of state is going to be. And he uh, is someone who believes in securing elections, he says. And one of the things he wants to stop doing is drop boxes in the state of Wyoming. And if you think about this on a national scale, because Wyoming elections have been very secure. But if you think about this on a national scale, sure, there's that issue. But this, what I'm giving to you now, is a small market area about the size of, let's say, Cheyenne, Wyoming. All right. It's about that size of a market. And it happened there in their mayoral election. So you have to take a look at this and not just on a national level, but you have to take a look at this on a local level because it does happen. And so to have just even if you look at it and say, well, it doesn't happen here. Our elections are secure. Yes, we'll make sure that they stay that way. 
Because if you think that they're secure and you take the steps to make sure they are, but you're not taking every step, there will be those like this mayor and the woman that was helping her out who will take advantage of something like this. There's always bad people out there. And that's it's unfortunate that we have that, but we do have to watch out for people who try to take advantage of what they see as a vulnerability. Now, you know what I'm talking about if you use modern-day technology. You have a t- one of today's cell phones. How many things do you have to do to make sure your phone is secure? And how even when you try to get on your bank or your social media or whatever else you're doing with your phone, how many hoops do they make you jump through? Which really gets frustrating just to make sure that your phone is secure. Well, they know that there's people out there who have bad intentions and they will hack into your phone and your accounts. They'll get your information and they'll do bad stuff with it. And we know that this is the case, which is why we have to take such precautions. And the same thing goes for our elections, not just our local elections, but all the way up to our federal elections as well, because, well, again, as we're seeing here, these people do exist. All right, coming up on some local news. Oh, no, I can't pronounce it that way, Rianne. I'm not doing that. Rianne has a suggestion as to how I can pronounce this lady's lady's name. And I understand, and it works, but I can't say that on here, so I'm not doing it. Nice try, though. Coming up on some local news. Update on your weather forecast. So, I'm about to say open phones, but we're not doing that because I don't have phones today. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. I'm Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Oh, this is not a shocking story to me at all. I'm just pulling this up so you guys can see what I looked at and went, oh, everybody should know this. But not everybody knows this because it doesn't often get reported like it really should. Let's go to Europe real quick for this one, and then we'll come back to relating it to us right here. Whoops, says the story. So-called renewable energy costs shut down solar cell manufacturer in Europe. Dude. Solyndra? Well, well, Solyndra was because they ran out of subsidies. But let's read this, though. First published in uh, Joe Nova, which is uh, a publication on energy. Despite green claims, renewables are the cheapest form of power, they say. Well, in fact, the manufacturers are struggling to survive in Europe's rising energy costs and Again, lack of subsidies right about now. See, again, without the government help, this stuff doesn't exist. So manufacturing projects in Europe are at risk of being mothballed as elevated power prices damage their efforts to build a solar supply chain, research, development, stuff like that. One of the energy companies... Service research said high power prices not only pose a significant threat to their decommissioning, 
but could also result in an increased reliance on overseas manufacturing. It goes on to talk about why these companies would shut down. And again, subsidies is part of it. Now, again, here in America, Solyndra was a big part of it. Without the subsidies, does this stuff even exist? The same thing to go for wind and solar projects here in Wyoming. And how many, I, I would suppose in Wyoming, and there have been, and there would be more of those charging stations for electric vehicles. That would happen in Wyoming if the federal government was not involved in trying to subsidize it. It would just happen naturally. A few people would look at it and say, no, we should We should go ahead and put up charging stations. There's people driving electric vehicles out there. Let's build some charging stations. But you notice there was no rush to do so, not just in Wyoming, but really anywhere in the country. Until your federal government showed up, the Biden administration would just piles and piles of money and just started handing it out. And, hey, here, go ahead. Start putting in these electric charging stations all over. Go on. We'll just go ahead and give you the money to do it, which, again, they never do for gas stations. But you see what happens, once again, once the money runs out, what happens to solar panels and wind would we even have a Tesla without heavy subsidies? As much as I like the entrepreneurial nature of Elon Musk, where would Tesla be without all the government subsidies and tax breaks? Now, again, cannot survive in a free market. Can it? Now, see, earlier this morning, let me get back to the story that I started on, because this just brings me full circle to what I was talking about earlier this morning. See, there was that one... Uh-huh. There was the, the vegan thing. Good. Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, there's a renewal one I'm talking about now. Okay. Cork County. Okay. So, yeah. Coal could benefit. Here's a couple of stories that I had earlier this morning where Wyoming coal could benefit from Texas permitting expansion, but also oil and gas leases are being hampered in the state of Wyoming. They're trying to make it more expensive to go for oil and gas leases, and it could increase costs by up to 500%. But then there was this one. Wind energy windfall for Wyoming. Yeah, it talks about more and more subsidies coming into the state of Wyoming. The only problem they have is government rules and regulations are preventing more wind projects from going up because even though we've got to solve the the climate crisis quickly before the world comes to an end, try to put up a wind farm and it might take anywhere from four to six years just to get it permitted before they can start building the darn thing. Oh, and then I had played something earlier this morning. Let me see. This was a congressman and this congressman was in Florida, and he was asking a gentleman about uh, where exactly are you going to get for electric cars the energy. And the it's Mr. McDonald, and he is a congressman from Florida. Here's the conversation. The Democrats are against coal. Where would we actually get the electricity to power all of these electric cars? Where would it come from? Well, Congressman, for most countries and for certainly the United States, the energy, there would, there would be likely a fuel switch back 
from natural gas to coal. Uh, and so real quick, Mr. Summerson, I don't mean to cut you off because you make a great point, but I got 30 seconds. It is important for the American people to understand that if you follow the idiocy that's in the bipartisan infrastructure agreement, which is going to make natural gas harder to procure, we're actually not going to have lower emissions. We're going to have higher because you're going to have to switch back to coal fire plants. And just for the record, let's also say the world will always demand energy. If you're not getting it from us, where we actually do it more safely and more cleanly, you'll get it from Russia, you will get it from China, and they don't care what the climate activists have to say on Twitter. I yield the Democrats who are against Okay, so there is a little bit of a reality check on energy, where it comes from, and where even the electricity comes from from one of those coal-powered cars. Glenn Woods, make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine forty-eight. The time is wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino, who's over there in the ice box. Okay, so Frank, I thought it would be a good idea not to wrap up this Monday's program by giving out advice, right? It's a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. Good because I chose bad advice. Okay. Okay. First one: commune with nature. Sure. Then you go to give a bear a hug. Well. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's your own risk, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll get the full force of nature. Yeah, last time I went to smell a flower, I got poison ivy. So (laughs) drive offensively. When I started learning how to drive, my dad, completely serious, said, always weave a little all over the place. Other cars will stay away from you. (laughs) 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 Except for the ones with the red lights on the blue. Uh, Yeah, that would be bad, yeah. Yeah. Don't find somebody rich. I was working with a designer at a small company. One day I asked my boss, what what can I do to advance myself? His advice, find a rich man and get married. I had a better idea. I sent my resume out and went back to school, and several years later I had a degree, and next thing you know, I'm the rich person, and people are trying to marry me. So there you go. Plug-ins. Stop reading. Uh, yeah. Stop reading. You read too much. You're going to hurt yourself. Your eyes, they'll go bad. <laughs> you know, you can poke your eye out with a book. Yes, you, you know? can. You, oh, paper cuts on a book? Oh, oh Frank, those are the worst kind of cuts. Yes. Uh, find a mentor, an internship at the White House. Yeah, find a mentor. Yeah, until you find out that the mentor is just a loser, a jerk, and is going to get arrested for something. Uh, I start at the top. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Come up short. It's the thought that... No, I always hated this one. You know, it's the thought that counts. No, it's not. (laughs) Well, no, it it is, but... It, yeah. the, the results are not what you expected it to be. Yeah. Okay. So you either a have not thought this entire thing through, right? Or you just go, well, I tried. Yeah. Now I do like this one because I remember watching one of my broadcast heroes, Mike Rowe, talk about this. Follow your passion. No. Go get a job that actually pays the bills. Then pursue your passion with the money that you have so you can pursue. But if you follow just your passion, a lot of people try to do that and they go broke. Make sure that you're stable. Then you can follow your passion. Or, or you get into a business that doesn't pay. Well, like us. Right. We're following our passion and 
Well, Look at us. Well, yeah, yeah we're, okay. we live in the basement. Let's go with sports. All right, in high school football from over the weekend, the top-rated team in 4A, Sheridan shut down Kelly Walsh 48-16, so KW falls to 1-6. Cheyenne East won the old-fashioned Capital Bowl with a 28-17 win over Cheyenne Central. East is 6-1, Central 4-3. Third-rated Natrona beat Campbell County on the road 41-6. NC is 6-1. They'll host Sheridan this week in a huge game. Laramie was drilled by Thunder Basin 68-7. The Plainsmen are 1-6. Cheyenne South is still winless. They lost to Rock Springs 48-7. In other games, uh, Douglas with just one loss in 3A play, and they beat Riverton on the road 56-7. In 2A, Burns drops to 3-3 with a tough 13-7 defeat to Tongue River. Glenrock is 1-5. They lost to Torrington 24-zip and won a six-man. KC is 4-2 after a 78-20 loss to Burlington, and Midwest lost to Hewlett 62-31. The Oilers are 3-3 on the year. In college football from over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys picked up a win they just absolutely had to have, and they beat the New Mexico Lobos on the road, 27-14 on Saturday night. The Cowboy defensive front was ferocious in the second half. They put pressure on anybody who had the ball and and anywhere the ball was going. The Lobos had just 100 yards of offense in the second half, but didn't look very promising initially for Wyoming. They fell behind 14-0, but Traden Welch caught two TD passes. The second one in the third quarter tied the game at 14. John Horland kicked two field goals as the Pokes were hanging on for to a 20-14 lead in the fourth quarter. And then Cameron Stone sealed the deal with an interception return for a touchdown. Cowboys are 4-3 and three overall now, 2-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play, and they'll have this week off with a bye. In the National Football League from last from yesterday, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback and Buffalo Bills star Josh Allen had quite a day as the Bills embarrassed Pittsburgh 38-3. Allen threw for 348 yards in the first half and finished with 424 yards throwing total four touchdown passes at Buffalo gets the 4-1 and one on the year. In the late game last night, Baltimore over Cincinnati 19-17. The Bengals are 2-3 and three on the year. Cincy linebacker and Casper native Logan Wilson had seven tackles in that game. In the Major League Baseball playoffs, first in the National League, San Diego eliminated the New York Mets two games to one in that wild card round with a 6-0 win last night. St. Louis choked at home. They lost two straight to Philadelphia so the Cardinals are eliminated. So San Diego will play Los Angeles in the second round of Philadelphia Tango with Atlanta. In the American League, Seattle eliminated Toronto in two straight games on the road in Toronto with a major choke. They led that second game by seven runs and lost. And Seattle hasn't been to the playoffs since 2001. They will meet Houston in round two. Cleveland eliminated Tampa Bay in two straight thanks to a 1-0 win in game two that lasted 15 innings. The Guardians will play the New York Yankees in the divisional series. And that's Why does baseball have to play so many games when others sports just play one because we, we wanted to last all summer okay and, and part of the fall and you know have more peanuts and okay. cracker jack to eat well you see here's the thing i used to know i know that people used to sneak out of work and go to baseball oh yeah it was called it was called it was called the businessman special yeah, that's right but these days whenever i see baseball on television there's not that many people in the stands no not doing a weekday game well no i mean those are the times to go yeah yeah, that, that's time. why they. That's why they want the business people to take the day off and please come yeah. and spend some money with us. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Well, there's no doubt.